on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast! And here's your host, the only man that can rock a Mickey Mouse Letterman jacket, Derek McCoy! He has a point, he has a point. I appreciate that. This is Derek McCoy, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Uh, you did, did look very collegiate today. Did I? Thank yeah. you. And we're uh, podcasting from Elusive Did you Comics go out with Minnie when you were in high school? Is that where you got it? Maybe. Oh. Okay. Uh, we are podcasting from. Do not interrupt the the shill, will you? I was just following Shh. Rick. Elusive Comics and Games two seven two five El Camino Real Suite one hundred four in Santa Clara, California, where we've got to mention we've got tickets. We've got they've got tickets on sale for WonderCon, which is happening at the end of February. I'll sell them tickets in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, and for Valentine's weekend they are having a big old sale. Back issues, we're still not sure exactly, but there's a lot of them, and they'll be on sale. We know over three quarters of the manga is is thirty percent off or more. And you or know what more. I've heard, Derek, from the ladies out there. What they, have you heard? You know they're tired of chocolates. They're tired of of roses. <laughs> they want manga? they want comics. They, they want, want they, they want, want manga. Crisis number seven. Yeah, they want comics and books that you can get at a discounted price here at Elusive <laughs> Comics and Games. <laughs> Absolutely at Elusive Comics and Games, which is a a, a uh, female owned. And operated still were girl power, girl power. Absolutely, Steve, Steve power does most of the work. I mean, let's, let's, well, let's be, okay. well, but, you know, oh, but we've that. we've seen Tim in a French maid's outfit <laughs> right now. There's a giveaway for Coraline, which has I think uh, three more weeks left to the giveaway, which is a heck of a great prize package. And you are running it so that none of us can get in on it. Too. I am trying to run it so that none of you. Can you get know, in I'd on really it. like to take that home. Employees I, and family yeah, members, including, yeah, the, the video yeah. game, T-shirts. I mean, it's a huge prize package. Yeah, it is. So check that out if you can are you, a fan of Neil Gaiman, if you are a fan of Henry Selleck. Oh, is that okay? I was going to say, why is Coraline getting all this hype? But because it is a Neil Gaiman Neil book, Ga- and oh. it's it's being produced by. Uh, well, well, Henry Selleck is the guy who directed the Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas, Christmas right. and James the Giant Peach. Yeah, and it's a, Monkey Bone, but we don't really like to talk about. Monkey Did he Bone. do Corpse Bride too? Uh, no, that was somebody else. I can't remember remember who did that, but that but was it is a stop motion animation, not not a computer generated. With Dakota Fanning yeah. uh, as Coraline, yeah, yeah. Uh, good actress. That's what I meant. Right, right, and uh, and Neil Gaiman and Terry is, Hatcher is, is in it too. yeah. Terry Hatcher is the is the mom and the and the. Oh, yeah. Although mom. his point is, somebody at work pointed out today that the, Gaiman's name isn't attached to this at all. He's well, because not, I think he's not in the advertising. I, I don't I want any part of it now. I think he's still one of those. I think guys like us know. Yeah, but I don't think that he has broken through the mainstream. Because uh, he's a Hugo Award winner. Yeah, didn't he just win some like Pulitzer Nobel? That's true, but something it's not like Alan and he's Moore. the writer for um, Stardust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And just has, but not in the kid audio. market. Maybe he hasn't broken over. Well, and it's, it's also, not like Dr. Seuss. Yeah, because exactly. You wouldn't want to say, the guy who wrote Stardust and The Sandman. The writer of Death. Death, presents, the high cost of living, yeah. presents the enchanting children's story <laughs> of Coraline. Well, it's not necessarily an enchanting children's story. It's got a dark edge to it. Well, the I know, whole thing but about, well, Right, I know. Really? What's it about? Well, without spoiling anything, it isn't on the commercials. It's all about, you know, whether or not she gets buttons replaced. Her well, eyes it's about this girl who finds what? In, in her yeah. house... She finds this tunnel that takes her to an alternate Earth. You mean like Alice in Wonderland? Where yeah. she likes her mom and dad. Where, she, where her mom and dad are exactly how she thinks they Wait. should be, except that they have buttons for eyes. And it turns out that the, the counter mom or the other mom, whatever they call it, the other mother, uh, with the buttons for eyes, um, steals the souls of I'm children. I'm frightened. I'm not going to yeah. take my children to this. Yeah. Without, well, first with, of all, Lana, as we've established before, you must acknowledge your children before you okay. can take them look, to a movie. look, look. I get it, all right? I'm okay. starting to pay the child support now, okay? <laughs> okay thank you. I get it, but I'm just saying that if I were going... I mean, really, how do you explain that to your little Picking girl? Picking up a Marvel Adventures on free comic book day does not count as paying the child support. Look, there you go. there's three economics at Wendy's, okay? That's how I feed my kids. Okay. Anyways, I'm just saying that uh, it sounds scary, Derek. Pinocchio was scary. But so was Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know. Uh, I was kind of gay. That, mm-hmm. And that was, and that was good. Yeah. yeah. And my kids We've all got accustomed to it, but it was pretty creepy. At the so time. is the, the desired audience for this the same girls that went and saw Twilight? Like the little preteen? I'm little... afraid so. I, oh, okay. I think so. All right. But, more, but I think it'll be better than Twilight. Let me just say that. I'm going on record. You may quote me, better than Twilight. Wow. Did you see yeah. Twilight? No. Oh, okay. Well, they're pushing nightmares as the relationship to nightmares. So, so all the little goth girls are going to be like, oh, my God. Well, yeah. Adults who appreciated Tim Burton's movie are going to say, I'll give this one a chance, no. too. Little goth girls. Rick and I are both yeah. little goth girls. I'm going to give saying. my square latex uh, <laughs> I want that purse to keep you awake and... tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. Put on mascara. You know, I've seen you dressed as many different kinds of women except a little goth girl. So uh, It's coming. You got something to shoot for. <laughs> So, can we move on? You want to talk about comics before it just gets a little too creepy in ways that not even Neil Gaiman intended? All right. (laughs) So, today, Final Crisis finally ends. Dun, dun, dun. It's over. Number seven. No, wait. Didn't number six just come out two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. So, they cut back up. So, they would have, in a couple months, the DC Comics will now reflect whatever the new status quo is. I have not gotten so to the for the end. next few months. DC Comics are just rubbish and nothing matters. No, not no, no, make no, sense. no, no, no. It's all prior. I think what has actually been enjoyable about DC to this time period is that, like, here, here's a Justice Society of America that came out today. Mm-hmm. They're not acknowledging that any crisis thing is going on at all. Mm-hmm. It's they've been following their own storylines and been actually self-contained. A lot of them. So the things that we have complained about in the crossovers, DC has, for the most part. Paid attention to and stayed and stayed internal. Yeah, hmm. Batman is tied in because Grant Morrison was writing both. Sure, but Superman ha- and the Action both have their own kind of storyline going on. Justice League has its own. Justice Society has its own. The only thing where I feel like Final Crisis has hiccuped the DC universe is, is the Faces of Evil event, only because in a couple of books I don't think that that has been handled well in an excuse and in an effort to get a villain on the cover. Gotcha. So. But I'm, I'm about halfway through issue seven. And, and I noticed I, your nose I, is bleeding. And I have to go back and start on page one again. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'll pay serious money for a collected edition of this that's annotated. <laughs> 
As with all of Grand Morrison's yeah, work, well, really. perhaps. Well, absolutely. This in particular. I'm hoping someday to get a doctorate in Morrisonology. In Morrisonology. <laughs> so you basically need a pop-up Blu-ray version of this? Yeah. Right? And yeah. you two are the biggest super comic nerds I know, and you can't follow it. I'm looking well, at wait it going, a minute. Am I, I supposed have, to get I that have, reference? I, I don't know. Me, Michael, wait a minute. Let's lay down the challenge for next week, because right now, I haven't had a lot of sleep, and I haven't actually read the book yet. Sure. So let me come back next week and tell you if... If you can tell from the you were you were on board stage. up till six though, right? You're, you've got it so far. I think I do. Okay. okay, I think I do. All right, we'll have to talk after seven. We will. Oh, we will. Shall we move forward a little bit? Hmm. Um, you said you wrote down Spider-Man update. Uh, so, I actually that, besides Barack Obama becoming the most popular addition to the Marvel universe, and my whole reaction to the Cougar thing was a little overblown. When you actually got into the story, there was only one Cougar in it, and, uh, and was it actually the Cougar? No, it was actually a uh, vivacious Cougar uh, on a in a speed dating thing that Peter Parker got talked into going to, um, and he got pulled away from her. From that cougar by uh, what's her name uh, Betty Grant, so Betty who Grant, I guess now Betty Brandt, Betty yes. Brandt, right. who now would uh, qualify as a cougar, but is not in what? the storyline. Mm-hmm. Not in the storyline because she was always older. She was always oh, was she's she? a little older, but not that she much. Because Peter was in high school when he started dating her, and she was out. She had graduated high school. Really? Yes. Yeah. That there was a, little there was a fair, there was made, a fairly charming bit where uh, Betty gets and she shows up in a couple of the more recent. She buys issues. him some drinks. She gets really schnockered. She bought him beer, <laughs> yeah. and he he takes Sweet. her home to sober her up, and uh, there's a very charming. They had a, they had a sweet. Early he, he takes her back romance. to the to the coffee bean and and just pours coffee into. Oh, her you meant literally sober. Yes, sober up. Yeah. Yes, I meant literally, as opposed to some way that you're thinking of that I hope I never figure out. Please okay. don't don't go where Goodson's mind goes. Okay, um, so they didn't there. take but her for a ride on the spider web. I had to reflect on all of our hand wringing over the reset of the spider universe. You, you make us sound like a bunch of old Italian women with our rosary beads, and maybe we hey. were because, I, frankly, I was I was looking at this last batch that I read that I enjoyed. And going, I don't really miss Mary Jane being his wife. No, no, no. If I didn't know that, that's true. I yeah. mean, I think from a creative standpoint, okay, it has done what it set out to it do. It revitalized the book for because me. Because if you were someone who had not ever read Spider-Man and you came in and you picked that up, you'd find it fun. Yeah. I have I have no problem with it. Is Mary Jane it. still in it? Just not as She's girlfriend? alive. She's, She's around somewhere. She's been a couple of issues. They don't talk. And they were kind of setting up that superhero jackpot might have been her. Yeah, and, that and, was and a that total was tease. Red herring. But it was the kind of red herring that is like, if you were a longtime fan, that's they were teasing you. Yeah. And so that's the problem. I don't like the approach of they wanted to have it both ways with us. But that's over now. I mean, I don't like to be teased, Marvel. Yeah, I know. Well, actually, I don't like it both yeah. ways. Yeah. You kind of do. But you kind of do like it. A little and you, the... Goodson, thanks. I have to say that for a book that's coming out three times monthly, as opposed to mm-hmm. some of the other books that are coming out multiple times in the same month, this one I'm really So enjoying. you're grateful for Spider-Man is what you're saying. I'm enjoying Spider-Man. Does that have so anything to do with Obama. the fact that you couldn't read Final Crisis in just a few minutes here because it was too trying? No. I oh, mean, okay. the storyline's pretty good in, in Spider-Man. It's, it's not no near, near the depth of this. Oh, he wanted to save her. Uh, and I, you know what? For three ninety nine, I'd better have to read it a couple of times. Yeah. Quite honestly, yeah. mm. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the Warren Ellis Astonishing X Men Ghost Box for three ninety nine, in which I, I want to read it three times just to feel like, well, maybe I got my money's worth of one comic book. You know? 
You know what comic I read three times? What, what comic? The uh, Tornado, Orlando, and Dawn uh, comic. That was really good. So. Knock? No, I read three times. No, the storyline was called oh, Knock. Oh, it was called Knock, right. Yeah. So. I read Knock three times. It it's one. dangerous when you try to get into a long I'm setup. I'm feeding him to him, and You're he's not trying, even going. because no, he doesn't, because he's not paying attention. He's to already, himself. What are you talking he's, about? He's already tying a yellow ribbon, yeah. you know? Um, I, I don't understand um, that. Yeah. Put a bow on it. Uh, how about the uh, Dark Avengers Thunderbolts? also got written down here. We talked about Dark Avengers when... Uh, well, Lon oh, gave a it a crossover issue? Lon gave it a... Yeah, buy it. Buy it. But now that you've actually um, had a chance to read it and articulate Elaborate, your thoughts. Elaborate, please. No, I read you? it last week, didn't I? know, I? but all you said was you threw it down and went, yeah, buy it. Because you didn't know. We were we were finished up. So oh, it was, it. oh, I read it during the cast. You're right. Uh, you notice that his reviews of things he hasn't read are actually longer than the reviews he thinks he has read. Well, I was, yeah. I was out of time. Oh, so, nice. But uh, just a little tip on it. Um, I liked it. It was good. Data <laughs> art was awesome. So I actually wrote that down on the paper. What I read about it was that you Thunderbolts know, is being repurposed in the pretty o- much. Oz- you are da- you are in danger of being replaced by your talking venom action figure because <laughs> I right have it now, out in the car. right <laughs> now it's more articulate than you. Just because it says more syllables doesn't mean it's smarter than me. I want to eat your brain, Spider Man. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Did you read it? No, but I, I I hadn't. I have not been a Thunderbolt Thunderbolts fan for a while. I was I heard one of the art directors on a on a podcast talk about what they're doing with that and Dark Avengers, and they're recasting Thunderbolts. Had been about the redemption of the villains Masters as evil, hero yeah. heroes, and now it's being shifted because Osborne has got like the Avengers, which are kind of now his prominent force. Thunderbolts have kind of been this media. Um, puppet thing yeah. and now the the dark avengers he's got there as his primary in everyone's face with his faked out superheroes but thunderbolt supposedly is turning into the 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 wet ops mm-hmm. action group mm-hmm. much the same way that scott summers took a bunch of the x-men and took made x-force so mm-hmm. now we've got and i'm thinking eventually we're going to have thunderbolts versus x-force well eventually i mean basically the what it reminded me of is it did take that whole Thunderbolt style thing of the bad guys, you know, creating a team, putting something together, all that kind of thing. That's what I kind of liked about it. But it was handled well in the sense that it's basically cleaning up Secret Invasion and starting this kind of. And it didn't feel crossovery in the sense that I felt like there was this giant event coming out. Yeah. It felt like it was going to be in this book, exist in this book, and I could follow it and at least get a sense of what Dark Reign's purpose is all about. Essentially, we go back to comic goodness, which is evil villain has an evil plot, and he's trying to, you know, succeed. Whereas, yeah. you know, Secret Invasion was, it's about an alien invasion. Go with it. You know and what I'd I mean? be so, happy. I'd be a little bit happier if they weren't branding all these comics as Dark Reign. Right. I think it should just be like an event. That's what's going on in the, in the Marvel Universe right now. And, right. But yeah. this is, you know, Dark Avengers. And it, and it honestly felt like, you know, it's building a good... Let's say opposition to the Avengers, right? I the mean, mighty if, Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have, you know, villains who actually, and it, and it's an interesting story too. Whenever you play, you know, and Thunderbolts did that well, playing the villains as heroes. you know heroes or at least perceived heroes, and you know, going that way. So I mean, I well, thought it was I really can, really interesting. I can remember too when Thunderbolts when that first issue came out, how well pre-internet and how Marvel had lied about it. You had no idea, and that's what the one time. Right. I, because I remember that was such a great surprise, and uh, you know, it reinvigorated. I suddenly was like, I like comics again. I was like in one of those, I'm not enjoying them, and then Marvel totally threw me threw me for a loop. 
and did, you know, did the right thing. So it but the, the, it has the that great energy. thing about it, though, too, is it's very, you know, and I usually complain about realism in comics, <clears> but I mean, it has a realistic bent in the sense that you have Osborne, who's being opportunistic here, taking advantage of the end of the invasion, you know, seizing power, creating a team. You know what I mean? Basically, cleaning mm-hmm. house, cleaning house. But it's so, like I said, it's it's written in the sense where it follows. They also acknowledged Barack Obama in there, or a president who resembles very heavily Barack Obama. It wasn't in that issue. It was a different. It was in, issue. It's in Thunderbolts. Oh, okay. It's in the Thunderbolts one twenty eight, which is already shot up on eBay. Came out last week, but it, but. Yeah, Acknowledging see. that realism that, you know, a group like S.H.I.E.L.D. or a group, a character like Osborne is going to be doing things that the president's not necessarily going to be able to control mm-hmm. or be happy or be about happy because with. of the way But then it also deals, really too, with public perception. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole reason Osborne, a known convicted villain or, let's say, criminal in the Marvel Universe, is now a, an international world hero is because he's the war hero from the invasion and so he's got public opinion on his side, and so he's he's. And you have Tony Stark on the run, right? And so and so it's an interesting from a storytelling point of mm-hmm, view. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting and well thought out and smart. And it's almost like you wish you would have got this instead of Secret you, Invasion. Do you think almost. you'd be able to read one book and not read the other one? Or I don't even know. Is Dark Avengers part of the whole Dark Reign story? I mean, it must yes. be, but I mean, it's Dark Avengers number one, and it doesn't say limited series or anything. Like no, that, but I so. mean like. It's There's also dark what's Rain. Dark Rain? Dark Rain is that going to be another miniseries coming out? I, I think that Dark Rain is a is a blanket term for things like yeah. what's going on in the a new Avengers. So it's still not a exists. crossover standalone. Kind of like Disassembled was, perhaps. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think so. There's a lot of books that tie in. They had the Dark Rain special, whatever they called that, where they first had the Dark Illuminati. I yeah. just think this has a lot of potential. I mean, it's I mean, it's. I, it's, well, it'll be interesting to see yeah. where it's going to go. And what do you feel then about the the weird kind of cross spin out or that seems the Doctor Doom and the Masters of Evil? That was interesting because that is obviously not in the current Marvel universe. So just to look back, it almost feels like it should be a Marvel Age comic, but it's not. And it's um, it feels like oddly enough, if you say Doctor Doom and the Masters of Evil, there's not too much in that book you couldn't give to a young kid. Because the at least in the first issue you had the Sinister Six, basically Craven, um, Mysterio, Chameleon. Chameleon, really not Masters of yeah. Evil if you can have no, a children's kind book. of screw ups of villainy, <laughs> but, but and it was sinister. I understand. Well, the young Masters of <laughs> sure. Evil. It was actually a Budding very it was evil a, babies. It was a for, uh, oddly enough, it was a very fun book because of the dialogue, the interplay between the characters. You know, little toss off lines like, uh, "Hey, isn't it?" Uh, odd that the the vultures a vegetarian, and then Mysterio had his powers pumped up so that he could affect the whole crowd. So they're walking down the street, walking by people on the street, and you don't realize that Mysterio has put a hypnotic gears over them or whatever. So they said, "What do we look like now?" I go, "We look like a punk band." And they're buying hot dogs from a vendor on the corner. And later on, go, we still look like a punk band. No, I made us into a rock band. Maybe we should go for something a little less uh, noticeable. So it was it was it was interesting dialogue. It was a fun book, uh, cleverly written. Um, they went up against Tony Stark and uh, Doctor Strange and won. Um, and it's going to be Doctor Doom is definitely the. Um, thread through all this and the next issue they actually have the original masters of evil zemo and i guess the wrecking crew is this an ongoing or a limited it doesn't say limited it just says Hmm. issue one 
Interesting. So maybe it is trying to find some kind of middle niche. Yeah, I'm going to buy the next one. Does sweet. it have a lot of Doctor Doom like getting real like mask getting no, steamed red? No, not really. Oh, he he guys. shows up at the beginning and the end, and not really anywhere else. They're doing little errands for him. Oh, so so he's kind of like the and doctor. Yeah, oddly enough, doctor there was nothing really include include me in here, but I, I have this feeling at the end it might not actually be Doctor Doom. Ooh. So well, it's be it'll Christoph be Steve again. Rogers. Steve Ro- Ooh. Yeah. Huh. Assembling his own Dark Avengers. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. What well, a wacky twist that is. Mm-hmm. You should write for Marvel. I did want to recommend that one, especially for anybody who's looking for comics for kids. Okay. Awesome. Interesting. How about uh, comics for kids? Hellboy! Oh, although it did sell out here. Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, another one that, uh, I mean, Rich Corbin art. I've always been a fan not of for him. kids, not at all for kids. And although, what if it's called Heck Boy? Can no, I no, no. It's the Richard Corbin art. Theme. Oh, yeah. not usually. Because I wonder. I think people are aware. Kids. I mean, there's like they see cable commercials with Hellboy, and you know that new one with the DVR, the guy going on his laptop. Yeah. So, I mean, kids are aware of that character now. But Richard Corbin is not a kid-friendly artist. Corbin art, even when he's drawing normal people, they look a little scary. Mm-hmm. They, they look Why is it like, not for kids? Because it's scary, or does he draw like huge boobs or something? What, oh, that yes, too. both. Awesome. They're very sexual. I'm not good. Uh, huge scary boobs. Oh, we lost Lon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, has huge scary. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, you're a huge scary boob. I thought you left. <laughs> I thought I'm back. Wow. This, Way this, to break the fourth wall. <laughs> this was a noteworthy three-issue uh, series because it harkened back to the old Zap comics and stuff that Corbin was doing in Undergrounds back in the day. It was really like if you took Hellboy out of the story, it had been right back where, where it was with like Slow Death comics back in the 70s. <laughs> Slow Death comics. Slow Death was an anthology. <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole history you don't know. Yeah. Did you um, – Like uh, of the United States. On a side note, yeah. and you may want to edit this later. Did you know Slave Labor Graphics is doing like an art premiere in downtown yes. San Jose? We you talked about it last week. We did? You were reading. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. We said we might go down there. Oh, okay. And so we're not editing that out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Because if you do, I'm going to be very, very upset with you, Rick. Okay. <laughs> so you saw this miniseries. But is it, so, is it complete? It's a complete three issue in three issues. It's Hellboy, but not it's it's back. Uh, I think this takes place in the forties or something. So it's Hellboy out of the current continuity where he's not really with the BPRD. It's kind of pre BPRD storyline. He's an adolescent. Uh, he's a young man. It's like uh, so. It's Hellman. He was. Uh, let's see. Maybe it's the fifties. I don't know. He, he was. He was not. It was. It was uh, pre the first, earliest storyline. They've done. Uh, I think they've done two books like that now where it's been before, back in the yeah, 50s or 60s. 50s and 60s. Can been, Hellboy yeah. die? They don't know yet. Because, yeah. I mean, he's definitely aging, right? So, I mean. Well, he's gotten older. Yeah, but slowly. But that's, and, and that's one of the controversies between uh, Guillermo del Toro and Mike Mignola is that uh, Guillermo del Toro, I mean, you all saw Hellboy too. He's definitely aiming to finish with the trilogy and finish the story of Hellboy. He's mm. got it. And yeah. Mike Mignola is torn because he wants to see that, but he said he's got about 15 years more of story, so he doesn't want Guillermo's version to to stop that. To ha- yeah, to happen hmm. first yeah. and then kill the... You think we're going to see a Hellboy 3? I know that people are interested. Interesting. I am. Yeah. Me too. 
No, I just but, don't but want I, to see Hellboy I, Children. I, but I know within Dark Horse, and I don't know if Universal was expressing it, but but Dark, but Dark Horse was definitely looking, shopping that around still. Yeah. But so. if you miss the old Hellboy, the original Hellboy stories where he's just going into a town and these were these cleaning were up the cleaning up yeah. the supernatural, yeah, yeah. And, and Rich Corbin fit right in that uh, that vein. Cool. So. Cool. Uh, so I do have some children's things, which uh, just to, to note that uh, Scholastic. What do you mean? This has all been children's things. Hellboy, no. Oh, okay. You keep not paying attention to what we're no, actually saying. No, but we were saying. talking about Doctor Doom, children things, that was good. and then children. But Scholastic, on, could you let me just yeah, okay, finish a point? All right. Really? Yeah. Okay. Scholastic finishes reprinting uh, Bone, Jeff Smith's Bone. The last volume comes out came out today, recolored. Been a great nine volume. Uh, Child-sized edition. How much is each volume? Volume. Uh, the, well, the originals were seven. Is I think it's now nine ninety-five for a volume. Okay. But as opposed to how much is that big? It's like twenty-five. Bible, that huge one. It's, it's not that expensive. But really thin paper and it's black yeah. and white. And this is this you know is color for and, people that prefer their comics in color. This and is frankly, if go. you're going to read that, if you want to have something you're going to hang around for a while, you want the individual volumes because they're not going to get wrecked as much by a yeah big mm-hmm. reading. That's that's true. So. Uh, so I, I definitely wanted to, sh- to you? shout that out, and maybe I you, take very good care of my. Did you break the spine on you your rectum? Not yet. Okay. Did you did you let Justin ruin oh. your bone? Oh, no. Is that what this is? Yeah. Uh, and I got this, and I don't know quite how to categorize it. I think Scholastic, which is being really making a huge move towards doing a lot of original graphic novels, I don't know if this counts as one. It's called Tales from Outer Suburbia, and uh, it's by an Australian. Uh, artist and it's pages of text at first like a like a short story like a page long short story with a kind of like a grant morrison batman there we go so would you count that then as a graphic novel uh but they're little charming little like ray bradbury-esque uh little moral fables and short stories and then it starts to merge in the middle and becomes playing with text and picture did you mean ray bradbury-esque because his charming little stories often ended really badly (laughs) Well, if he was really safe for children, okay, yeah, you know, uh, and but there are a couple that end that end kind I think of. We just named a podcast and kind of badly, uh, but it's it's really an interesting an interesting book that uh, I recommend giving to you, like like junior high students because even though they're, they're short, very very short stories, they're just interesting thought provoking things, and there's they're scooping at depth and and thought about what's really going on, so. Uh, it came out this week, and I was really surprised. I had no idea what it was. They sent it to me in that magic mailbox we talk about, Alrighty. and I read it, and this book just blew me away, Tales from Outer Suburbia. Did you get the whole Bone thing in the uh, magic mailbox? I only got two volumes yeah. of Bone, and far apart. Like, I got well, I got seven. <laughs> they skipped eight, and they sent me, they sent me nine. Okay. Well, you're further along than I am. So then after I'd already bought my daughter all the intervening things, <laughs> they gave me the letter saying, if you want the other volumes, let us know. I'm like, crap. <laughs> so, I might take you up on that. Uh, we'll see. Patience. Patience. Uh, and then the DC Comics Classic Library. Yeah. You saw this great hardback. It's there on the table. I spotted this on the shelf today, and it just took me right back to, let's see, what year was this published originally? Does it say? 71 or 72? Sounds, that sounds about right. Um, How many issues are in there? Uh, let's see. Looks like it's a hardback. It's what? Normal? Well, it's the first. They're starting this new line called DC Comics Classics Library. So the first edition, does it have a number on the spine? Are they considering it that way? Or is it just no? There's just having a, a collection? It's, it, it is DC Comics Classics Library, Superman, Kryptonite, Nevermore. Right. Which was 
an awesome series. It's like one of the back in the day, back when this came out, I wasn't buying any comics on a regular basis. But when this came out, it had this great picture of Superman on the front cover, and he's like stretching backwards with his arms, and there's kryptonite chains around him. They, they kind of reprise like it. it a little bit on here, but much more dramatic. And it was the kryptonite chains are snapping, and it says kryptonite nevermore. And you're going, my God, they're getting rid of kryptonite. He cured himself. Well, it's a there's a radioactive explosion that turns all kryptonite on the planet to inert. Uh, it's basically metal. lead. Yeah, it lead. looks like he's eating a, a radioactive potato. Yeah, that's, he, does uh, that at one point. he does that at one point to prove that it doesn't hurt him anymore. I see. But the other, the great thing about this was, um, it the the effect of the explosion knocks him back into the sand, and parts of him get impressed into the sand. And you get the sand-based Superman. Right, it was an editorial. It was such a mysterious figure. Danny for so O'Neill, long. I think, wrote this original. Yeah, Danny O'Neill with Kurt Swan and Murphy. And Anderson the idea was, as happened as happens every about every decade, is that Superman writers kept making him more and more powerful. Yeah, and they said he's too powerful, so you can't write a believable story with him. And so this was their way to do it. So for a year, he was severely Some, lessened. Yeah. A his lot power. of his power went into the mysterious sand person, and yeah. and Krypton, Kryptonite wasn't there. But he couldn't do things like move the planet anymore. They had storylines where he would be out in space, tugging Earth back into its orbit and stuff. Yeah. He just wasn't doing he that. He got in too super, there. so they tried to make him a little more realistic. And this is the first, I think, replacing instead of doing the archive editions. Uh, the, where the stories, of course, got shorter, is that this is a way to say, look, we have classic storylines that people would talk about all the time, so let's give it a, a, a great treatment. Yeah. And I don't know what the interior, because this still has the plastic cover on. So yeah, I haven't, what, I haven't the, pulled the cover off. I haven't bought this one yet. What the paper quality is, because notice like with the Jack this Kirby. Was a, this was a big week in comics. There was a lot of yeah. stuff, so I could not throw yeah. this on my pile. Um, I couldn't. <laughs> the... Uh, even Rick's bottomless wallet. I wow. was, and the uh, hard just, times. I just laughed hard because he said, time. I know, Lon, yeah. we tried to just move on. Third, uh, first, uh, first appearance of Terra Man in this series. Ah, yeah. possibly so. one of Superman's lamest villains yeah. ever. Yeah, it, which the shows cowboy. you how depowered he was. The science fiction cowboy. Yeah. So, again, looks good. Looks highly like recommended. Cool now, are they planning like other ones besides Superman? Or? There's a whole bunch of, of different. Uh, classic storylines. I think the Judas Contract is, is scheduled. Oh, that's good. So they'd be doing that. I can't remember. Does anybody know if the JLA or Justice League America Watchtower era has been collected in trades? I was looking for that the other day. I don't think in trades. I think that I think that the archive editions might have gotten there. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look. Might have started, again. and that's one of the problems. I think for a lot of these, for the, a lot of the archive things, you realize you're starting to get into a time period where. Well, the back issues are still kind of readily available. Yeah. It's not like they the They have to 60s. decide, would people actually spend the money to get stuff they already have in their collection? Well, it's hard to say. Would I spend yeah. $50 for something? Like, I, I had a lot of the Green Lantern archives and love them, but it's at, at a certain point, it's one, once you get to the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, well, they've already reprinted that someplace else. I have all the reprints. So yeah. I don't know if I want to buy it again. Uh, because so, you know why? Why? Because all those single issues are buried in your boxes that are stacked on your shelves and under true. your thing. Yep. You put a nice trade on the bookshelf, you can pull that boy right, out. Well, I'm saying they, the, already, they already have collected some of those things. But no, but I'm saying that's are, the excuse for buying oh, yeah. both. Oh, sure. you know? Well, that's why I have a Watchman and I have the individual issues, and I just bought the Camelot 3000, even though I had that originally. Oh, how is that? You were going to follow up on that? From... Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think they didn't do a lot of background stuff. No. So for a deluxe hardcover, I was a little disappointed in the extras. They didn't give much as a little introduction from Mike Barr. 
couple of original sketches and things that Brian Boland was experimenting with in character design. Uh, so oversized page, the reproduction's pretty good. Do they repro the original covers? Yeah, they do. Those were good covers. They were they were good covers. Um, but I would say also when it looks larger, it's going to happen with books from like the early 80s before they really knew what they were doing is the art just looks a little muddy when it's blown up because it was inked and colored originally with a, a process that's kind of outdated. With ink. Mimeograph? Yeah, they, they just Xeroxed it. They just did the yeah. roll it over and it, and nice. it smells. They're all wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little awkward to handle, but still. Um, but a great new cover uh, by Brian Boland. So right there, you know, it's got really great art. And, yeah. and it's, a, it's a decent story. I will be honest. I thought the story wasn't quite as cool as I remembered it from 1984, but... What is? What is? Nothing yeah. is. Uh, Catastrophic Comics got some press this week for actually being on the cutting edge with these motion comics. I mean, I know others have, have happened. The Watchmen motion comic, which will be released on DVD and Blu-ray uh, in uh, really? late February. The Watchmen motion, motion comic comics. will so be on be able, DVD? That so is you awesome. you will be That's able to cool. buy that in its entirety. Uh, but in the meantime, as, as are they cutting the squid out of that one too? Or? Uh, what's the running time on that? I don't know. It's got to be a. I just got sent. Got to be a while. That's a while. Uh, yeah. I just got sent an ad like by. Minutes, but, yeah, but but how much real data has to be on that when it's a, when no, it's, the, the point it's, is that they pause a lot in it. They they do slow pans between. You know, it's not like you're reading a comic yeah. where you compress everything. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. So I finally got the uh, Sparks one down and uh, enjoyed it. The only thing I have to compare it to is the Watchmen one. And okay, well. You really can't compare Sparks and Watchmen. No offense. But, uh, but no, what about the production? The production was uh, the same same quality, sound okay. effects, uh, some decent voice actors. Actually, the Watchmen actually, or excuse me, the Watchmen is done all by one guy, all the voice acting. Mm-hmm. The Sparks has several different characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I actually like that more than the Watchmen. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, that was one of the things that uh, people on net net uh, groups were talking about. Oh, they all sound – he's doing a bad job of reading sure. the girl. And it's like, yeah, it's one guy. Have you ever read an audio book? I mm-hmm. mean – but what about – so? But the, I, I'm actually really in favor of this trend of putting them on iTunes for a buck. You know, it's a third of the cost of a comic or, right. or your average comic. The uh, thing about I the Watchmen – the Watchmen for me was the – there is a nice cinematic aspect yeah. to the way they've done the motion. But they did some awkward things, too, where, like, they'd move a limb. And the limb wasn't quite drawn to move back and forth mm-hmm. that way. So it looks so a little looked awkward. really stiff. Yeah. yeah it's it's going to be the same thing. Is it the same thing same in thing this? Same thing Sparks. Okay. And Sparks kind of has a weird art style. that Jam ring it. Not for everybody. That's true. Not for everybody. I, I would probably like to watch it more on my computer than, say, my iPhone or whatever because the art would be bigger and I might get a better sense of whether or not it was – Okay. Good or just stylized. Now, what I've been told, because again, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched it, is that you can also read it as a regular comic through that app. Mm, Were you able to? Uh, I to, didn't. didn't you look. didn't, but okay. Read it as a regular comic. So it's done both ways. So you, when you download the oh. app, you have both the motion comics, so you have it with the voiceover artist, which, which say again, Michael Pere uh, from <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers is Ian Sparks. Uh, Michael Bell, uh, some girl from. Um, that United States of Terra show is the the lady. Uh, I can't remember. Did the Watchmen uh, motion comic have the what do they call the the it text is like boxes? herding cats just sitting next to him? I don't know. Have the text box? Do we know? The Watchmen did. You, you did it have word balloons? It, not word balloons, but uh, 
you know, the narrative boxes. Like, because you were Catching saying that buses. Sparks could, uh, you could read it, or you weren't sure if you could read along. I wasn't well, sure if no, watching it's, it's not a read along. It's, it's a separate function. The oh, app has okay. both things. So you can watch it as a motion comment. Oh, and then it's a static or, page. Or, or you just, can read a static page. Okay. So but do we remember if the Watchmen one had actual. I don't think so. Actually, the Watchmen one plays more like a movie when you load it into yeah. your your uh, your iPod, or your okay. iPhone, whatever. <clears throat> the Sparks one actually runs like an app. Comes to a title screen and it's like you know play movie or hmm. look or at credits comic. or yeah. there's probably a read guy. I wasn't really. But I did. I I didn't actually read the Watchmen on my iPod. I watched it on in iTunes, mm-hmm. and it was, so, so right. I was able to make the screen much larger than you'd be able to do on Correct. an iPhone. So I enjoyed that much that that part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you do that to Sparks? Can you yes. enlarge? No, you can. Well, you, you can enlarge, but you can't. But you can't play it on your iTunes. Uh, like on no, but computer. I mean, like if you play it on your computer, you can. You cannot play it on your computer. It's only working. Yeah, on your I actually bought it. I actually bought mm-hmm. it. I don't have an iPhone or I I I But wait, touch if you can download it through it. iTunes, you can play it in your iTunes. No, can't you? no, I downloaded it in iTunes, and I, I don't. No, because have. it is not a file. It is an app. Oh, yeah. so each one why. is individually a program itself. Yeah, interesting. Well, that I don't like. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, because the, the Watchmen one, one I, I really enjoyed on my computer because monitor. I don't know that I would enjoy it, you know, on the train or whatever on, on a regular iPhone. basis. So you only yeah. can watch it if you have an iPhone. Is there well, an iPhone or an iTouch? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But a lot of companies now, in the wake of what of Diamond raising their thresholds, as we talked about last week, is a lot. A lot of companies have announced that they're working on this. Catastrophic is one of, is the first to really come out with it as an app and has been talking to other companies. And I think in the next few weeks, uh, well, they're hoping in the next few weeks they'll be signing some contracts and have some interesting announcements as to what they're going to be adapting. I would love to, to know the process of how they're doing that, though. Because, I mean, That's their they, secret, they, they, a writer and an artist and an inker did all the paperwork. Right. Who's mm-hmm. actually – Directing, who's deciding sound effects, who's deciding and voice casting, and it kind of depends on how that was done because it was done in like assembled in Photoshop. If they had scanned and colored and mm-hmm. stuff, then you'd have layers, and that would make it easy to do this kind of animation stuff yeah. by extracting it. But you're right; if if it's not, then you have to scan it in and then trace the edges and extract the stuff, and then put it into another layer on top of the background. Let's see Maybe if we can find anyone at Run- WonderCon who knows that process. Yeah. Will I'm actually catastrophic or anybody be at WonderCon? Just me wandering. Just you wandering. <laughs> um, what I do know is that the two people. That have I would say that are the leads on this would be Chris Foligno, who was the writer of Sparks originally. Will Chris be at WonderCon? No, oh. um, but he uh, but his day job had been until he started his own uh, freelance production company was he was putting together uh, commercials for video game companies, mm-hmm. so for video games, and so he's so he had the experience with computer graphics and putting and editing things together, and then one of the other guys from his team had also. Uh, the other guy had actually been laid off from that company, and so he called him up and said, "Well, you're one of the best editors I know. Let's let's sit down and do this together." So I don't know. There I are actually people who are pretty good at this because more and more storyboards are getting made into motion storyboards. If you watch mm-hmm. um, yeah, National Tra- National Treasure Book of Secrets, there's a there's a special part of that where they show the opening sequence where they're talking about. Uh, I guess maybe it's just National Treasure about the uh, where the the history of the treasure, and they show the storyboards for that, and then they show the animated storyboards that they use to sell that that scene. Yeah, that, that's so. the animatics. Yeah, so. and in fact, that movie um, Shoot 'Em Up, 
yeah, with, with, with Clive Owen. Owen. That was basically the entire thing had been animatic uh-huh. out before he even he just did it all privately and then and then pitched it to Warner Brothers or whoever I think it was a Warner Brothers film and said here and so they had an hour and a half to watch nice. without any actual actors involved but you know here's what my camera angle is going to be and yeah. it was all out there so yeah it's if the people ha- if directors have the skill it, it's becoming a, and that I mean then that's the point I think Chris Chris has said I can say his first name uh, you know has, has said is that you know this is a way for it's, it's a greater shortcut to the studio executives when you see your comic book laid out this way and it's got the motion and it's got the angles of the artist and a studio exec can watch it in seven minutes with the voices, got everything, boom. Here's the challenge, though. We're talking. We're essentially talking about a new distribution method. For we comics. are talking about a new distribution and method. There are, there are already a lot of web comics out there, but there, I don't know that I've really seen that many, if any, superhero-based web comics. They're usually... If funny, they are, they're parodies. Funny yeah. or mm-hmm. fantasy or, or uh, you know, slice of life kind of stuff. But I want to pose a question to the board, to the to the panel. Um, how is this? Okay, I know this is we're seeing as, as groundbreaking and it's cool, but essentially, isn't this almost retro in the sense that at what point does it go from comic to animation? You know what I mean? Because if you look at the original like Marvel from the sixties. They were pretty much just. They're what, what, they they're were panels we're that were moving. Yeah. I, I've thought that too. Yeah. I was. I, I'm not sure where the line should be drawn. And that's called. That was called animation. But yeah. I think the thing is again with the app that you can do it both ways. This way, and I think anything. It's certainly going to be cheaper to do it this. Anything way. Anything that gets released, at least under the catastrophic plan, is that it will be that way. You can read it as a regular comic, panel by panel, and take it with you on on your handheld device. Um, or you can see it as the as the animated version, which is yeah, just about what they did with the with those Marvel superheroes in the '60s. But again, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than it was, and you're going to maintain a much higher quality for the art when you just you're animating this the static stuff versus drawing something you can actually rotate and stuff. I mean, Sparks is kind of an interesting uh, test case because I mean we can't compare sales of the digital version of Watchmen to sales of the paper version of Watchmen because right. obviously they, they don't compare. But I would be interested in that comparison for Sparks because I never heard of Sparks, but now I've watched the first issue. Interesting thought. Do more people watch it or have, have more people watched it already than I was, circulation? And that, which gets my point. If there's, you know if there's a big vacuum there for this type of content in the web comic industry then people then people should really move into I would read more comics that they were a buck yeah and read to me well let me get yeah. back to you on this one and, <laughs> and does diamond credit you when they get a download or it's, it's not diamond Apple. No, but I, no but I know but you know what I mean like you know like you're still kind of selling an issue a version of issue one but like, diamond has no piece of that okay but I mean like so then like when they go back to look at your overall sales is this going to be it has nothing to do with Diamond. Okay. It is an right. alternate distribution method. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks when maybe say, you know, when Sparks 1 was out for a month as a regular comic book versus yeah. Sparks on the iTunes store, which has only been out for, uh, I think, a week and a half, um, you know, and, and see what I that think com- the listeners would be what, interested. What that comparison yeah. would be. Because that is a good question, and that's the question we're trying to answer ourselves now. We can do a test case and find out if this is a viable. Mm-hmm. Cool. Whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so that's what we got for comics, and now we've since we're moving with motion into movies. How about? Uh, oh, uh, Lon mentioned here that there was a Watchmen 
viral marketing campaign this week. Did you see it? Week. I, I haven't had a chance to watch it. The Dr. The Doc Manhattan, Manhattan thing? Yeah, yeah, the Doc retrospective. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you. One of you guys, first, Rick, you watched it. Could you talk about it so that Wait, yeah. before, we, know what, before we, we know what it is before you ask what the question is? Let the listeners hear what it is. Oh, okay. It's basically, it's incredibly well done because it looks like it's a video from the 60s Back in the style of the in the kind no, of I think it was supposed to be from the eighties. Well, okay, from the from the eighties. Right. It it looks like a worn out video from that period, and the the production values that went into nightly news with the the way the desks were and the way they mm-hmm. lighted the studio and the way they shot things. It's incredibly well done as a period piece, and they're telling the story of Doctor Manhattan as far as and it's an origin story, really. Uh, but, but done it as tell a, his origin, though, does it? It tells the fact it's, that it's he, his impact on society. It tells right? the fact that he was involved in an accident. He got turned into Doctor Manhattan, and that he has the control. He can control elements and and change things. But and, then also how he's fought in Vietnam, right? And, how and, he affected the Vietnam and how he's, war. And, thank God he's on our side. Yes, and, he's American. Now here's a question I had for the panel. Now I seem to remember reading this in the comic. Are is this a recreate? Are they creating a like clips from the comic that were background stuff. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember this. Weren't there like certain like like just sound bites from TV clips in the back? Because I'm there's the the movie ends with the guy saying better blue than red or something like that, and I could have swore I read that in the comic. Like you know because they were just doing little interviews. What do you think of Doctor Manhattan? You know that kind yeah. of thing. I don't know if, if you all remember this really that. proves is that this weekend I have got to take my copy of Watchmen off the shelf. And read it. Because we've been talking about it for weeks and weeks and I'll weeks. I'll just take it off the shelf. And I have got to sit down and watch it all. <laughs> well, there you go. You have that advantage. I can still read faster than you can watch. I'm so sure you can. <laughs> so it's time but to it, was, it was well done. It's time to reread it. And, it, and also, it, it, I think it says, if anything, it's more kudos to Zack Snyder for you know going ahead with you know this vision. Nobody thought. Yeah, these may be, these may be from the comic and they got cut from the movie just and they're going to show up on a DVD release just, eventually. Yeah. But, but it's also can, just one of those things. It's like, yeah. it's pretty cool. Zack Snyder gave an interview this week, in fact, where he did mention, and this might make you feel a little threatened, that because uh, it's CG, he got away with a lot of Dr. Manhattan nudity. Uh-huh. You know what I say? It says a lot of full frontal, blue full frontal. Oh, there was in the comic, too. I know. But, I mean, that's he, he, he's saying, you know. I definitely won't take my kids to see it. Again, you have to acknowledge <laughs> them. <laughs> They're listening at home. Little Frankie Jr. Do you hey. even know where their home is? No, but they have computer access. Okay. And the Oscar nominations. You kids, go to bed. Out. The Oscar nominations came out after we podcasted last week. Can yes, I tell you did. my horror story? And you guys were all a part of it. We were well, part of it. Was your it a dream? Or? Well, no, because. Uh, let, me, let me make sure we And you were that. there? Horror story. <laughs> I don't know when when did they come out last Thursday wasn't it Okay so we podcast yeah. Wednesday night and then yeah. Thursday oh, morning they go. Say. So I woke up getting ready for work Channel 2 News KTVU which is usually my favorite woke up. station got out, out of bed, bed right to home copyright oh, that's enough yeah you're right Sorry. I don't know I just wanted to let them sing their song Anyways um it's not our song I just had you a picture you rolling out of bed with footy pajamas <laughs> scampering down the stairs I wake up in the dark okay Okay. Anyways, um, no, 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 no. It's, not in the it's called it's blacking out. <laughs> Damn, it. Damn it, you beat me to it. How do you? Wait? If anyone's here is going to make blackout jokes, it's going to be me. Okay, I'm sorry, Master Blackout. How do you wake up in the blackout? Anyways, um, so KTVU. Let's go through your day in the dark. Had really. said 
that they were releasing the Oscar noms. Best Picture, and they said all the ones. Uh, okay. And then they announced, and The Dark Knight. And I was like, yes. Right. And I was like sitting there going, yes, we did it. Dark Knight, Best Picture. That's awesome. So then I went to work, got my computer out. And I was all happy to tell the fanboys, you know. And when you like, say went to work, is that now the Wendy's? In my room? blackout, I went to work in my my crazed drug paraphernalia <laughs> world where I okay. screw chicks so and have local, illegitimate children and okay. uh, and uh, beat up homos and whatever else. Anyway, so uh, so well, now we have it on tape. Yes, yeah, you were right. You were one hundred percent right. <laughs> I email you guys all excited, going, "Guess what? Dark Knight, Best Picture, blah blah." blah. And then I sent it out to you guys. Got that mail. Only, yeah. only <laughs> saved to, it. Only to look at all the other websites going, Dark Knight snubbed on Oscar noms. I went and looked and checked the official things, and Dark Knight was not if, on there. Uh, if it's any consolation, and I was upset before Thursday morning, we knew you were a moron. <laughs> how does how does that have to do? <laughs> you with guys me think being I'm a, a loser? <laughs> what does that have to do? We always thought you were a loser. <laughs> If I'm reporting the news, <laughs> how does that have anything to do? That's just a stupid statement. I, I'm, oh, oh. Ding. <laughs> I call Stan. <laughs> Kenny. Oh, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, anyway. I need uh, your tile. Uh, I think that's okay. I'm, okay. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. You've got a girlfriend. Oh, okay, nice. You throw up every time you see her. <laughs> yeah. This is Garrison. You know. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> So anyway, yes. So, but you know, the one of the things that you were saying last week about it, Lon, was that I don't know if Dark Knight had been nominated. Was it really a fanboy win if Star Wars had been nominated for Best Picture mm-hmm. and Raiders of the Lost Ark had already been nominated for Best Picture years and years ago? I don't know. Would it have been that huge breakthrough for us? Would it have made a difference in our lives? I'm just glad Heath got nominated. That's true. I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So other things that were given and taken away and then given again. Green Hornet. One day this week they said it is dead. And then the taken next away. day they said, no, Stephen Chow is back on and everything's fine. And I, So nobody knows what to Still believe. with Seth Green? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Sorry. Well, Seth Green might be an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, casting myself. choice. I know you... Seth Green's too short. No. Not that Seth Rogen is, you know, perfect for the role, but... Supposedly he's buffing up. He's buffed up. He's worked out. He's okay. good. Sure. So, so, yeah. Hard to exercise when you're stoned. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> I've heard. You've done research. Wow, this is going to be one <laughs> hell of a edit job. Anyway, so, you know, who knows? Then they released new G.I. Joe posters and new Dragon Ball Z posters. Anybody excited about Dragon Ball Z? No. No. Okay. Uh, how about TV this week? How about TV this week? What did you guys watch? Battlestar. Tell yes. me about it. Awesome. Yes. All right. Lost. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Yeah. Smallville, anybody? Mm-hmm. I did. And they introduced Ben Turpin, so they introduced a Jack Kirby character in a very strange CW way. Yeah. The young, good-looking version of Terrible Turpin, uh, who's this squat, uh, hard-as-nails cop who... 40s was, throwback. Taken over by Darkseid at the end of Final Crisis. It was a little odd to see that. Yeah. yeah. I have to say I only watched that episode with like one eye as I was doing something else. It wasn't near as good as the 
episodes. No, the, Le- the Legion episode was a high point, and then as far as summer. I'm concerned, Turpin's dead because I saw him die in the uh, Superman animated series. That's and right, loved he, it. He loved did. that right. they he killed was him. The last sacrifice in the fourth world. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right, and so we didn't really watch it. There's not a lot to talk about with TV right now, so because it's still. Yeah, January. Big Bang Theory was a repeat. It was a repeat again. We're sort of in the doldrums on yeah. this thing. And uh, and you talked out your Stargate. You talked out your Battlestar. Yeah. What about wrestling? Yeah, I know you have wrestling news. Well, it's not so much my news. It's the world's news, really. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that is that, uh, and I'm not sure which order this is, if Chris Jericho, you know, you said. I said nothing. You said WrestleMania is coming up. No, WrestleMania is always in March. It's always in March. Now, we know in the Oscar nominations, Mickey Rourke was nominated for Best Actor in the film The Wrestler. So mm-hmm. either Mickey Rourke called out Chris Jericho, the guy who used to be known Y2J. Yes. Was that right? Yes. When you had me watching that for mm-hmm. six months. Uh, or Chris Jericho called out Mickey Rourke. Mm. Or both. Or both. Maybe they're both. I, I only lend uh, credence to this rumor because WrestleMania is coming up and there's usually one wrestler versus celebrity match and that's true and uh had, mickey uh, work did some training you know actually wrestled independent shows in preparation for his role so did I'm, you have the proxy for donald trump last year versus i don't know, I know Mc, uh, there's always Rick some Mann's guy who shouldn't proxy. be wrestling and yeah. has to be carried by a wrestler and really no one wants to watch <laughs> yeah. recalling the days when david arquette was champion of the indeed WCW? indeed, indeed. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. What, what was the name of that movie that he was ready to rumble? Was that it? Yes. Yeah, it was horrible. Okay. So uh, so it's coming up. It, reality and wrestling mix. I'll try to confirm again. or deny that rumor, but it's interesting. I don't think they're going to have a uh, an Oscar winner at WrestleMania wrestling. That's what I think <laughs> that is would be odd weird. about it. It's, Unless it's, Rourke is just really hard up for you know a new pair of lips. Well, again, again, if the rumors are true, which I've seen in a lot of different places, again, that Marvel only offered him $250,000 for Iron Man 2, mm. uh, he could. Those lips look like they take a lot of maintenance. Yeah. They do. So You don't want to let them start to sag. Oh, no. that would just be sad. That would be sad. Oh, He'd floppy. End up looking <laughs> like actually Marv. Uh, so, well, that's all the new- oh, we got this week. That's all I got. Anything? Nope. Anything else? Not all right. Show. Well. Then if you have any questions, comments, compliments, write to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson. And Lon Lopez has left the building and across from us. And I'm Rick Bretsnetter reminding you to use Use your your powers powers only only for good. I won't be taught. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. We could talk about that. Okay. You want to? Don't spoil too much for me. Anyway, yeah. Okay, let's just just go. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Oh, you don't care about me. I looked at him. Oh. Um... Yeah, I guess. You're going to keep it clean this week, aren't you? I hope so. I just I just say what comes out. <laughs> I hope so. I turn it over to the other voice in my head. Mm-hmm, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Kill me now. He has entire podcasts he doesn't remember. <laughs> me too.
I thought the story wasn't quite as cool as I remembered it from 1984, but what is? What is? Nothing yeah. is. You Except know, you weren't possibly that cool was. looking no. either, too. I never oh, thought damn. I was. No, no, no. You can't, it's not a hit when it was no. a sort of, that was like shooting a puppy right there. <laughs> Thanks. In a barrel with fish. Okay. So hit fish. With an elephant gun. Uh, so. Darn gore. Thanks, Rick. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> How about the Sparks motion comment? Because now we've talked about it. <laughs> you can really hurt it. Trying to get the app. <laughs>